0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode six of Revival Don't Mess With The Metro. I'm joined by the usual gang today of Dan and Andy. It's your boy, Ian, here at Per The Norm. Gentlemen, how has the past week been for you during quarantine as April tails off to a close?
1: Well, things are going good so far on my side. Um, Work and school, school's coming to an end, so things are going good. You know, things are going to look really bright once I have that free time finally. But otherwise, yeah, things are all right.
0: I would brag more about getting free time except for the fact I feel like uh, school's actually kept my brain, war- like, not super bored during these times. <laughs> yeah. uh, two weeks from now it might feel a bit weird since next week, is, next week is finals week and all. But you're absolutely correct.
2: If it wasn't for work as of right now, I'm not even sure I'd know what day it is. I mean, literally, work is telling you what even day of the week it is. I couldn't even tell you that today was Wednesday if, you know, like a week and a half ago, I wasn't doing anything.
0: Classes are doing that, too, but you always have to remember when Sunday is.
2: That is true. But I do have one thing that I have to know. It's uh, how to count when the sun comes up and the sun comes down because, boys— When the sun rises tomorrow, we're 30 days into sobriety, and Andy, you can go suck a nice fat one, because my (laughs) liver is still alive, it's still kicking, and I know how not to drink, all right? So, uh, simmers down over there, and bow down to your master.
1: Imaginary cap tip. Yeah, yeah. Just
0: half and Just halfway there to my prediction. Exactly.
2: I think Matt said that it was going to be 45, and if the bars open up anytime soon, I don't know if I'm going to hit 60, but...
0: I don't know. I think it's look. I don't know. I think given where you are, it's uh, looking good for you for at least this next month, maybe two or three.
2: <laughs> hey, but once this I month guess. is over, forget it. I'm gonna be. I'm putting them back as we're recording. So, quality of content on my end at least might go down a little bit. My takes might get a little bit hotter, a little bit colder. It
1: remains to be seen. We got a nice little control group, but yeah.
0: Hmm. Very fancy indeed.
1: Drinking on recording? Crazy. Couldn't imagine that.
0: So he takes a sip. <laughs> big energy
1: what number is that
0: three four, uh, starting, at four? Yeah, starting at four yeah starting up four all right not oh no you can't really go wrong with these uh long trail ales uh vermont's finest you know and as much as i uh love my uh as much as i love my sam adams yeah i'm uh i guess i've uh, been sucked into that new england life a bit uh I sort of realized that I actually uh, get more ounces per dollar with the uh, with the little pack, with the sort of four pack of uh, long trails I get than the six pack of Sam Adams. And you know me, I don't exactly blow through them because I'm just one of those people.
1: That's true. We saw how you tried to take a shot. <laughs> you mean sip a shot I did not anticipate it, remember I did
0: not anticipate the, the, being that big so in my defense I did really not feel as prepared I did not feel as prepared as I probably should have been but um, whenever I get that second chance on it I will do, I will try to be better you have to you, you, everybody learns from their mistakes even the best athletes amongst us Today in NHL news, uh, it has been announced that the uh, Charlotte, that the I mean that the Carolina Hurricanes are ending their uh, AHL affiliation with the Charlotte Checkers and have uh, planned <laughs> and are planning on uh, shifting their AHL affiliate to uh, Chicago Wolves. Uh, this move seemed very surprising to me, considering they had just moved, they they just uh, set up their ECHL affiliate in Greenville. So at that point, you had all of your you got all your affiliates in the same state and outside of money I can't exactly think why they would sort of dump a city two hours away by car versus a city that's two hours away by plane
2: yeah I don't really know what the story behind it was I only saw the um, the announcement that came out that they were finalizing the deal and I saw the checkers coming out saying that they hadn't gotten in contact so some bad blood must have been in involved or something had to have happened that could have been big enough that warranted this because, like you mentioned, having all three teams in one state within an easy car ride. I mean, technically, if you if you think about it, you could have had your AHL affiliate playing at 1230 and you have an 8 o'clock game on NBC on a Sunday night. You could easily – a player could technically play two games in one day. <laughs> I mean, will it happen? Definitely no. But, you know, theoretically, like the option is there. Why would you not keep it?
1: Yeah, it's – it's definitely strange because also the other thing that people are forgetting the charlotte checkers are the reigning calder cup champs they literally won in 2019 not uh 10 months ago so how is it that they went from calder cup champions like i understand i mean look at like manchester monarchs went from the calder cup champs for kings back in 2015 the next year they were back in the echl because the AHLRA put the teams but that's like a way different thing where it went from the uh went from having the king's affiliate being all the way in New Hampshire to now be right next door in Ontario California but this is completely different because Charlotte was such a huge area like it is a huge market for Carolina to tap into it's just really obscured for me from my perspective how they could just suddenly switch on the, in the blink of an eye like that
0: it is heavily believed that uh the uh, Checkers will trade place with the Wolves and uh, likely, but not officially, becoming a will become the uh, Florida Panthers' new AHL affiliate. And
1: That's another I, thing that
2: kind of got got me. How come Chicago's always been with Rockford? Why haven't the Chicago Wolves become the Blackhawks affiliate? Meanwhile, the Blackhawks have been with Rockford for years. I don't where's understand
0: Rockford? It. Is it like somewhere in the central U.S.? Rockford, Illinois. Okay, yeah, uh, all right. So, yeah, anyway, I got right. two teams
1: there. Yeah, I think uh Chicago like a couple of years ago was affiliated with Oh it's, uh, it's an
0: hour twenty nine away. My bad.
1: I can't I can't do distances. <laughs> I'm trying to think. They were affiliated back in like uh, a couple of years ago with Saint Louis, before it was Saint Louis and Vegas. Then they wound up signing with uh I think who else? Atlanta Thrashers, and then they moved over to Winnipeg before Winnipeg uh, switched over. So, like, it was, I mean, I think at one point they were affiliated with, uh, I feel like at one point they had to be affiliated with Chicago. Like, it just makes too much sense for them not to be. I don't know. It, it, like, the way that the AHL is, like, affiliated throughout the years is, is bonkers. So, yeah, it would not surprise me that uh, somehow they keep bouncing around because, I mean, look at, like, HLTs in general just bounce around like crazy.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It said there were the Trashers until 11. Then the Trashers relocated to Winnipeg, blah, 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 leaving the Wolves uh, and Canucks for two years. And the Blues reached a three-year agreement with them after that.
0: Yeah, you you sort of don't think about this much when you're a kid. But now, especially you do it as an adult, or, like, really just a bunch of, like, the financial implications amongst that. I think one of the reasons why you might not always necessarily see like the most sort of like the nearest uh, affiliate from one place from one NHL team to the another might be, it's like they think there's more money within this team based on their history your success their fan base and what more, what not. There's definitely a lot of uh, factors that you think into it and, uh, Dan, I almost wish you didn't touch up on Vancouver because I was pretty sure I'd remembered that off the top of my head. But thank you very much for topping off. Yeah. And and of first pers- and sir, personally from my point, I feel like the reason the Blackhawks wouldn't be aff- wouldn't sort of be affiliated with the Wolves is maybe this is just my own opinion, but if I were seeking out an AHL affiliate, I would want to sort of have them not necessarily in our neighborhood, but sort of like, out a little bit away, but also, like, nearby, like, let's say, like, an hour and a half to two and a half hours by car within that range, so that you sort of reach out. It's easier to reach out to a different portion of your fan base who might live in your NHL team's TV area listings and watch your games, but they might be too far to actually go to the games, but with their minor league affiliate... There, right there for them. And it's also just another place to grow your fan base. Like I personally, what I think I love about Hershey the most is from a Caps fan standpoint, is it's that's basically a part of the team and a part of the fan base in the middle of central Pennsylvania that features the Penguins and the Flyers. So it eases out how much we uh, tolerate Pennsylvania. It's really nice. And I know a lot of people think we should have a team we should have our affiliate in Baltimore I would not be against having our ECHL affiliate in Baltimore now granted that's Baltimore like I think we're fine on sort of being marketed as like the NHL team in the area there's good amount of our fan base is in that area. I don't think they absolutely... I mean, it is the DMV. That's, that's what you guys... That also... It represents that, your whole area. That part as well. And I feel like the area doesn't necessarily need one of our minor league teams to sort of touch the fan base up or whatnot. A Caps game is just a simple Amtrak and like several blocks walk to the arena from Baltimore. So, but... As what as South, as nice South Carolina is, like I wouldn't, I'm not against people who wish we had one of our minor league teams in Baltimore. Just sort of build the base up slightly more and improve it from what it is, which is still pretty good. Now, I mean, given that you see the Orioles and you see the Orioles like don caps hats during the Stanley Cup Final, you saw the Ravens lit up M N T Bank Stadium in red during the final, which is awesome to see. I don't know why that. May ticked off some people, but...
2: You know, I know the Rangers were also talking about something like that, too. Um, with the Danbury Ice Arena, they got new owners a little while ago. A group of eight different people put in. Um, they all own one-eighth ownership of it. They're trying to renovate it and make that an ECHL or like arena. And Danbury's constantly had different types of teams coming in. Uh, they had the Danbury Trashers. They had the Whalers as well. So they have FHL teams. They're sending guys up to the E and to the SPHL. But if you're constantly able to bring a crowd out with an FHL team, imagine what you can bring in with an ECHL team. And if the Rangers were able to bring that ECHL affiliate up, you now have an ECHL team in Danbury, 60 miles away from Manhattan. You have Hartford right there as well. And you also have the city. They're far enough away that each team's going to have their own fan base, but you still have the prospects. You're able to see those teams grow. So that's why I don't understand why a team like Carolina wouldn't do that being that we all constantly mock them for not having fans, but, like, on a serious note, this would be a lot better, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I mean, I don't, I know Andy's one to mock teams for not having fans. Shout out Isles. <laughs> but, I mean, am I going crazy here for not thinking that they should try and keep all three teams in there to try and grow the fan base in the area? So it's not just, yeah. uh, hey, they do a storm surge?
1: No, exactly, because also the biggest, the most populated city in Carolina is uh, Charlotte, in North Carolina. So wouldn't make sense that they would want to keep their like at least some sort of affiliation with Charlotte because otherwise I mean the Hurricanes play in Raleigh like yeah it's a capital city but at the same time it's not Charlotte like you want to have some sort of affiliation to your biggest city in the state and that's pretty much how they kept their affiliation I don't know it just it felt like really weird that they just decided to do what they did but I don't know. We'll see more details when it, like uh, when more comes out, but in the for now, when this news, it was very shocking that they have all teams, because if you if you look at like other affiliations, most of the league like they want to stay local, like you guys said. I mean, Bridgeport and the Islanders are right next door to each other. The um, Ottawa Senators brought their team from um, Binghamton, which was like originally was the Binghamton Senators. They brought them to Belleville. The Devils moved their team from Albany to Binghamton, which, I mean, it's still basically the same area, but, it like, it's still not that far for their um, traveling. The Wolfpack and Ranger we talked about, Grand Rapids, Griffins, and the Red Wings are both in Michigan. Cleveland and Columbus are both close together, the Bears and Caps we talked about. like Iowa Providence and Providence Boston. The, for Boston. Exactly, yeah. Providence Boston. Well, and Boston. The, the Islanders um, got, um, what's it, uh,
2: the Worcester Railers. Uh, up in Western right. Mass.
1: Exactly. They're ECL, HL. And like all the ones that moved out in uh, the California teams, they moved like five teams all in the same year, uh, 2015 16. They just so uh, that the West Coast could have more HL teams out there, more HL representation. So that way it's not too far of a fly because Anaheim used to have to go from Norfolk all the way to Anaheim, and now it's just San Diego. Uh, the Kings had to go all the way to Manchester. Now it's the Ontario. Um, you have, like, all those teams, even, like, uh, I think the Texas Stars are in the Houston area, and now, like, they can just go right over to Dallas. Arizona can just go to Tucson. The only ones that are, like, and even, like, wilkes and Scranton Penguins, they've established themselves out there. Like, it's a bit of a trek to go all the way from northeast PA to southwest PA, but still, it's basically PA, but... Yeah. It's, I mean, the Phantoms are close too, right? Yeah. Um, let me see where they were. Um, High Valley. Valley in Philadelphia is just basically going from um, northeast to north to southeast PA. So it's it's only like an hour, two hours most. So yeah, it, it's literally it, a lot of these teams, Manitoba and Winnipeg, is the best example because you want to have a team that's right next door in case there's an emergency call up, you can just get them right there. Otherwise, you have to rely on this situation where you have to uh, like hope that they can get on the next flight, fly them out, then get them ready to go that day. You always want to have your teams close. That's in any sport that has minor league teams. That's the staple. Like the NBA G League does the same thing. Baseball's been doing it for decades. Like they want to have their team want to have their teams close by, and the AHL is no example, no uh, exception to this. Yeah, you, and like particularly from the hurricane standpoint of,
0: of sort of just like saying like, that's eh, it, We're done. We're Charlotte. It's you're kind of really dropping the ball on the opportunity to like gather that influx of Southern hot of Southern hockey fans who watch because like, because the next nearest team South of you is Tampa. Like there's no, like there's no more Atlanta. And so like, given that like you're sort of the southernmost team before Florida, in the state of Florida, that is, like, and that's sort of, like, your chance to, like, grab hands on, like, hockey fans in North Carolina and South Carolina.
1: And...
2: Especially since Tampa's got Syracuse, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
1: Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah, they have Syracuse, and Florida has uh, Springfield. So, and the other thing also, like, the same way you're saying uh, about having them in the South, they had, that was, like, the, one of their biggest arguments, for, like, being able to draw people away from being Caps fans was the fact that they could have an AHL and an AHL team. For, like, uh, uh, fans that are in North Carolina or Virginia that may have been on the border, like, which one are they going to cheer for? Now they're going to be more inclined that Charlotte's leaving. They're going to go ahead and go closer to uh, the Caps now because they have the more longer-sustained success. And, yeah, it's definitely... They're definitely not doing themselves any uh, justice with this move.
0: And, like, like, it's...
1: And you see it a lot. You see it a lot in football too.
0: Uh, like the reason why there are so, because like the reason why there are so many Redskins fans in uh, at Panthers at Redskins Panthers games in Charlotte is because like the Redskins were the team in North Carolina until the Panthers came, and like we they basically like took advantage of that early time while they were winning Super Bowls to build that part of the fan base there, and you know it's like they're you know like now obviously the Hurricanes benefit from having their team but like they if they want to create a more sustained fan base like over the years like sometimes that sustainability and consistency is pretty important like yeah you'll have these great years here and there and whatnot but it's like if it's not sustained enough you might slip on a few cracks there and uh curious curious question um what's the average echl like attendance
1: uh depends on the stadium
0: like do they well, do, they get, the do they get do they get 10,000 the amount of seats you have
2: that's do the they, reason why I know that um, the Embry was having a problem with that because they wanted to bring an ECHL team in but the arena wasn't big enough I'll see if I can google that quick
0: Was did their arena have to be their, I assume their arena had to be like what 10,000 or something or, I, I, mean, I
2: want to say it's eight, seven or 8,000 minimum 000. Mm. so it's basically just having like a lower bowl of some sort it doesn't even have to be like seat seats it could just be mm-hmm. capacity yeah
1: you mentioned I know, yeah. uh, as far as like some state i mean i know the um yeah it has to be able to sit seat that many because i think the max for uh like the, the highest um shoot what was it the highest uh, attendance was like orlando solar bears or jacksonville iceman they were like really putting up great numbers which was wild because like a couple of my friends that live down in Florida were saying like the ECHL somehow turns out really great numbers and they could wind up looking to try and move an AHL team down there. Just on the fact that those big states of Jacksonville, Orlando aren't getting the recognition that otherwise are um, the like, yeah, uh, hockey would get down there, but it's not even like, I mean, I have the numbers up here. They're mainly like, Five grand, uh, five K basically for those two teams. Toledo somehow is seven thousand and Fort Wayne is like eight thousand. So, average, I would say probably about like three to four thousand because it doesn't look like it's too many people. So, I mean, it's still like you can still get a a solid turnout with four thousand people tuning into a game like an ECHL game, which is just two rungs below the NHL yeah that's not too bad honestly
0: one point i also forgot to mention about the uh, hurricanes is what they're really missing out with in charlotte is sort of that core air, that core part of the state which is like heavily heavily which is heavily invested into professional sports since they've got because they've got the hornets and the panthers there whereas the hurricanes play in tobacco down tobacco road which is more so heavily dominated by by college fan bases necessarily so your crowds might not be as – your sort of fan base turnout of crowds might not be as great in Raleigh because more people are interested you – know, not to be super biased here, but more people might be interested in going to a Duke game.
1: oh, so, no, you're not? right because, <laughs> I mean, the same thing also can be said. Like, we see the same thing in uh, the other state, Tennessee, another southern state, where the um, Nashville Predators and Tennessee Titans pull out, like, really great attendance because they're both in the heart of Tennessee, Nashville – the uh, Memphis Grizzlies for the NBA have struggled with attendance. So it shows that, like, if you have one team out in the distance, they're not getting the same hub that the main teams are. They're in the biggest city in their state. So in this case, it's basically the same thing. It's, yeah, it basically it's just drawing away. I mean, like, that's why you want to have someone in Charlotte so we still have a presence that, other teams can say, all right, the other fans that are this big sports fans can say, all right, I'll go to a Charlotte Checkers game, maybe check it out, see them win, see them do real well, be like, you know, this is pretty fun. Maybe I'll check out the NHL affiliate, and it's not too far of a drive to Raleigh. Go there, see the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, next thing you know, become a fan. Totally, Paul And uh, I think your point on uh,
0: Tennessee, that's kind of the opposite case in uh, Wisconsin, where, their biggest
1: fan base is
0: not in the heart of Milwaukee necessarily. And I was right, say that you, was
1: more that was more like traditional. So that's that too. Yeah. You,
0: yeah, you guys. I was gonna say you guys mentioned uh, Albany and Binghamton, and I just think to myself, it would be kind of cool if uh, it would be kind of cool if Vermont had a uh, ECHL team or an AHL team. I mean, the closest. I guess the other closest thing we have to sort of "quote unquote" uh, professional sports is the uh, is the Lake Monsters necessarily, but when the uh, when the biggest when the when your biggest uh, hockey arena only holds four thousand, uh, not going to quite make the cut. And that's what happened. I guess sort of. Ha- I guess that happens in a very uh, low populated state, anyways. So. They can continue to re- continue to rely on their college athletics for the uh, sports premiere in right. area. You know, it's like Hershey gets the benefit of both the Bears and LVC. What a dynamic duo.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, we can't all have that drastic uh, duality of having our old, the Hershey Park Arena, former home of the uh, Bears, now being taken over by the LVC Flying Dutchman and the uh, new Giant Center being obviously the home of the Bears, you know it's it's definitely something that quality uh, real estate right there. Having that duality of an elite college program and elite AHL affiliate.
0: Mm-hmm. And Dan, one I should have t- touched on this point several minutes ago, but like one of your biggest, one of your your guys's biggest advantage in sort of having an affiliate team in Hartford is basically like it's sort of like. Draws more of a fight between the New Yorkers and the the New York fans and the Boston fans, something you guys are very familiar with. So that's something. If I were you, I would hold on for as much as you could. So, well, another news about a week ago, uh, John Scott with his uh, NHL insider sources claims the NHL will uh, resume, open their training camps back on June first, which he, which given that. And of course, he's a former player, and he has contact with a lot of NHL authorities. Some people have sort of looked at it and not totally taking it with a grain of salt. I personally I personally saw it and thought to myself, possible would I totally put my trust in this? Maybe not so much, but he's not necessarily some type of rando shooting this tweet off. And so it's, it's doable, but also with a little grain of salt. It's, it's a lot
1: half and half. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Mainly off the fact that, like, I would trust him more than certain uh, analysts or so-called analysts that claim that they have sources. Because at least with John Scott, obviously he's been at the league for four years, but he still has so many connections that, yeah, he's like a really marquee face. He's basically the face of the All-Star Game MVP. So he is someone that I would trust like a lot more than most others that provide these sorts of context just because mainly i mean there's been talk for that baseball is returning soon in june or july so there's gotta be something going on with hockey mainly on the fact that at least they're gonna get players there get the playoffs done and try and get like the off season started so that way they can get everything going by almost on time next year for the 2020 2021 season So it's definitely something that if they do start in June 1st, they get the playoffs rolling. Let's say it takes them until uh, mid to the end of July. They could probably do the draft August 1st and uh, play or free agency like August into September, get training camp in September into October, and then end of October start the season. Yeah, I could definitely see it happening. So that would be like if they do, yeah, I could definitely see – what John Scott's saying, it, it's not a ridiculous take, like it's going to be happening next week or they're going to cancel it altogether. But at the same time, so it's, it's like it's there. I'm not going to go full flesh into it, but yeah, I do think that he's got some merit to it.
2: Well, the thing is that we also have to consider is that these guys are not just there for our entertainment. They're also people too who have injuries and things to rehab. So you don't want to force them into another season where they're not getting it off season. Because the mm-hmm. NHLPA would never agree to that. Absolutely. So that's something that really needs to be taken into consideration by everybody as well. It's not just what the owners and maybe the players say that they want to do. Because every player is going to come out and say, hey, I want to play. Hey, I want to play. But there are still a silent majority of them that might be saying, hey, listen, like it's kind of nice to have a family life right now. To be able to spend mm-hmm. time with the wife and kids. To be able to spend time at home um, doing things that they're never really given the opportunity to mm-hmm. until – that offseason comes, and when that offseason comes, they're constantly having to train. So it's it's up in the air, but I think that fact can't go unsaid at this point.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and it's like you might like get so used to these junior these activities with your kids and then try to just jump, and like some of them, they might want to jump back into the season and sort of get their emotions ranted up for the playoffs again, or others might not. And you know, it's also a question. It's like, how much do they truly feel like feel like playing a playoffs without any fans or having to go to a neutral site anywhere or whatnot? So, like, I mean, obviously, obviously, there are a lot of players who might want to play because they love the game. Some might value their families more. It's all. Everybody has different personal preferences. So, and touching on that topic, there's been a report that come coming come out that uh, the NHL playoff scenario has discussed in having the uh, top six teams from each division what play in one city. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. thank me, you. I no. throw this one out for a second. Yeah, NHL's obsession with, the NHL's obsession with the divisions always seems to I'm mind blow with, me. I'm
2: fine with the divisions. I am fine with the divisions. I'm actually, hot take, I'm fine with the way that the playoff system is now. You're getting
0: this. Whoa, whoa, one. whoa, oh, 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 okay. whoa, whoa, uh, oh, whoa, whoa, All right. I'm, oof. Oh, well, uh, well, who, well, we didn't have a hot take yet, so I guess I'll give you props for that. But Oof. Give, me
2: a, give me a second to explain. I am fine with the playoff system right now. You get the top three in each division, and your two wild cards are the exact same way. Then you reseed. You get your teams in, then you reseed one through eight.
0: All right, that's you play better. Seven, <laughs> you
2: seven, six, four, place five. The okay. teams that get in are done by this system currently, and then you reseed from there.
0: Well, and this proposal
2: this- here and a lot better to do.
0: Well, in this proposed uh, format, the uh, the Buffalo Sabres would make the playoffs at 68 points, but the uh, New York Rangers, who are at what, 78 or something? Yep, 78.
2: And um, would miss? Quite a few points ahead of Montreal, like if I'm not mistaken either.
1: Points? Yeah, uh, yeah, we're tied yeah, with too. the Panthers, Panthers. For fourth in that garbage pail of a uh, Atlantic division.
2: Is Boston really like. that good, or are they a product of the Atlantic Division, a.k.a. what the Indians were in the AL Central last year? Just throwing it out there.
0: Well, the Bruins are 10 points ahead of the first uh, in the Metro caps, so mm-hmm. well, is it depends. That depends. Or, or is
2: the Metro just beating up on each other That's and basically. winning every game outside of it, which is holding back the teams in the Metro, or is it something else where – you know the top two teams in the
0: Atlantic are beating up uh, on their own. half. Uh, it may be one side, right. but the Bruins, but the Bruins have uh, they've been trying to they've been trying to make amends for last year's uh, coming up short. So Ma- I would maybe half agree with you on that. It's a very possible take, but uh, they would probably beat the Caps in the best of seven right now. So if the two teams, like, faced
1: off in mid-March. But who knows what it would be like nowadays. Definitely going to be something to see how this whole shakes out. Because, really, that would basically put the Rangers at, like, a uh, they would have the seventh best odds to win the uh, the playoff lottery. and Or the, uh, what's called, lottery, the draft lottery. Which, honestly, at that point, if they're given a choice between having the seventh best odds and they somehow shake out the odds to be, like, even more askew than that, they decided, oh, we're just going to even out the odds for everyone, then go for it. Give me a one in seven chance to get a uh, number one overall pick and then a one in six chance to get a number two overall pick, one in five chance to get a number three overall pick. Like, that shakedown is just going to be so beautiful. Somehow we're going to go ahead and sneak out of there with a top player and watch the Sabers, the Islanders, the Hurricanes, all get like knocked out early. Go for it. Dude, I'm, I'm
2: looking at it right now, and right now, LA is in seven, Chicago's in seventh, Ottawa's in seventh, and the Rangers are in seventh. <laughs> if they're doing this, where they're letting six seeds slide in, I say you give the eight, every eight seed the exact same amount of odds to win, and the seven seeds, the exact same amount of odds to win. The seven seeds, they all get 12.5% chance to win it. The eight seeds, since there's three of them, you give them 16.67% chance of winning, so it's split down the middle. 50% of it goes to the seven seeds. The other 50% goes to the eight seeds. Run your lottery
0: like that. So, Andy, in this case, would this be uh, Could this also... Actually, no, this wouldn't even be a stall for insert... uh, High draft pick here. You could just get the high draft pick straight up.
2: Exactly. Well, you know that um, Arizona wouldn't be able to get it
0: though, which means that there's something Oof. technically wrong with the system mm. because Taylor Hallson. Arizona, Taylor Hall. oh. Ooh. Mm. And and Arizona they, would
2: slide into the playoffs. So I think true. in that I that think in better.
0: that case they just cannot follow up with this plan. They they got to stick to to, to tradition
1: such the the question there is would we see playoff taylor hall absolutely go off and make uh edmonton and new jersey regret trading him that would be the real like i would love
2: to see i would absolutely love to see him just rub his glove all over the faces of every edmonton fan out in the middle of bumfuck alberta i'm pretty sure that's where it is
1: right yeah, and they would play each other. Like it would be Edmonton versus Arizona first round, or if it. Oh took out my! Today.
2: Could you imagine Taylor Hall putting up six points in three games against that team?
1: <laughs> oh my God, that would be just glorious. See those two. Sign then, me up. Yeah, it, we'd also get a chance to see the uh, the um, playoff marquee matchup that we have yet to see: Arizona versus Vegas, That the is That's a showdown of hockey. That would be. Beautiful. That would not be.
2: Because you know Vegas is going to steamroll Anaheim. The Calgary oh, yeah. Vancouver game is going to be an absolute shit show. Series is going to be a shit show. I mean, you're probably going to have some gambling
1: coming out of it, but I'll let <laughs> yes. Andy touch upon that one. <laughs> well, thankfully, the uh, certain diving twins there don't play it anymore, so we don't have to worry about that.
0: Yeah, but they uh, what was it? They handed off the uh, captaincy to uh, Bo Horvat. He could uh, touch up. He could touch up on their uh, tactics.
1: Very true. He was a former. He, the draft pick that belonged to him was originally um, of the Devils. So, Ooh. lest we forget, another one. Neither to Horvat trade.
0: Yeah, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe Vancouver didn't hurt Vancouver that much to uh, get rid of their uh, Jen- two Jennings Trophy goalies, all that much.
2: I mean, who knows? At this point, it could be anything. I mean, who who kind of expected? world right now that Edmonton would be in a playoff position. And do you find it ironic that in the one season that Edmonton's like, hey, we might be able to make a run, COVID's kind of like, ha nah, bitch.
0: Yeah. Outside of their, outside their somewhat run in 2017, yeah, I would have to agree with you on that. Well,
2: 2017 it, wasn't a good enough draft for them to have to go for the number one overall pick, so.
1: Yeah. That's, yeah, this year was basically correct. lining up to be another solid player that you'd think they would want to try and get. I mean, a lineup where they have Lefrene, um, McDavid, and Drysile, that would just be absolutely. Game over. Just, yeah.
2: That team yeah, would- That's only if they could play 60 minutes a night, but.
1: <laughs> you yeah. know,
0: you could all, you know, it's like if you can bail out the rest of your uh, team's inconsistencies in
1: defense and goaltending, you might have a shot at being the 85 Oilers. Exactly. Honestly, just throw each one of them on like a different line have them play 20 minutes each you're good to go bingo bingo david david just go david just go
0: uh top shelf on grant Fior. your dry out dry would outscore gretzky by 93 goals but only after alex rechkin scores a hundred in the season well in other news a couple weeks a couple weeks ago uh as we had wrapped up finishing on our podcast uh in the college hockey world, uh, the University of Vermont found a new coach. Todd Woodcroft uh, has uh, like elect- took the j- took the job after uh, spending a few years in uh, Winnipeg as their assistant coach. He comes in now at a uh, time when the, the uh, when the team uh, had gone almost a calendar year without winning a hockey East game until uh, sweeping northeast so sweeping uh, northeastern at the. Uh, the tail end of the season to uh, not go full, uh, not go uh, full Detroit Lions hockey style and go winless in uh, conference play. But a lot of there were a lot of. Uh, hey, they didn't people. have a win before that. Nope. The northeastern weekend, the only two hockey East wins.
2: <laughs> what scrubs from a wannabe Boston hockey school?
0: They, you know, it's like they, they, they just shouldn't have given. They just started giving us the bean pot after that. How 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 can you, you win bean pot, but you just like get swept at the end of February? I just don't know how you do that. That's the three and a half hour bus ride I would have loved to have been on that Saturday night.
2: Oh, there should be a fly on the wall there—that would have been great. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> just hit. Just hang on that ride. Just hang on that ride ride down 89 and 93 for three Tyler, and a half Matt
2: hours. definitely mailed it in
1: hundred percent, email it in. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the fact that like the, be- the like you said, the pot champion, the best team out of Boston, the alleged like one of the hub main hubs of college hockey, puts up that much of a bad game. Like you just hate to see it from a Twice. Boston standpoint.
0: Like, Twice. Yeah, exactly. After. A whole
1: a whole weekend that they just completely looked disheveled against Vermont. Yeah, that's such a shame to see Boston area sports lose that bad. Whew. Man, at least they have their uh such a great like yeah, at least they have uh Kyrie Irving to fall back up, oh, never mind Oops. they traded him. But don't worry, they still have uh Good old Mookie Betts up. Oh, never mind. They don't have him up, oh, but but guys, it's all good. They have The, be- the Bentley Brake.
2: University Falcons are going to take over from Waltham, Massachusetts. Going to go into Northeastern, going to go into BU, going into Chestnut Hill, going into Cambridge, do whatever they got to do and make it happen. They already took down UNH last year. They proved that they could be the 12th team in Hockey East. Give these guys a shot, because at this point, Boston's being embarrassed. I
0: don't know. I think, actually, no. Bentley could... Bendley could definitely be a uh, ten or nine team in hockey East because uh, I feel like if they could beat New Hampshire last year, I probably would not have wanted to uh, played a series against them, considering how yeah, well, ha- considering how the uh, considering how the Merrimack series went. So,
2: well, they'd be the twelfth team in. Ever since Notre Dame left, they still haven't brought anybody in.
0: Sorry, and, and I makes- misiterated mis- your point, but yes, they would be a great twelfth team, and they could easily they could easily swoop into the top eight. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they probably could. As of right now, they got recruiting coming in. They finally got their first ever NHL draft pick. A couple guys going pro, getting the AHL and ECHL deal. So they're clearly on a program that's on the uprise. Made a, Got a new arena. Campus is great. The the fan base is a little bit eh at times. But again, you're playing in Atlantic hockey right now. So between it's either them, in my opinion, or Holy Cross that makes sense to go into Hockey East as that 12th team. I think Bentley makes a little bit more sense, being that Waltham is 30 minutes outside of Boston.
0: Any, yeah. any reason why Holy Cross hasn't joined yet on the men's side? Because they have for women's.
2: Um, that I don't know.
0: Money or just...
2: I really couldn't tell rep- you.
0: Preparation? You got, well, I, mean, yeah. I think you got, it would make yeah. more sense for Bentley to join in, especially with their new arena. I just don't know if
2: they could fill in with the amount. The arena isn't as big as some of these other... Like Again, it blows away in size, Bentley's arena.
0: Is uh, what's your capacity like? Two thousand or?
2: Bentley's roughly. Um, again, I think their student section alone probably has two thousand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, like, wait, isn't like Merrimack's pretty small too? Um, Bentley's is nineteen
2: seventeen. Nineteen
0: seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Gut- Gutterson's like twice that size, so.
2: And who are you looking? What was the other school that you were looking for? Sorry, I was. I was
0: uh, uh, Merrimack, because like having having sure like seeing glimpses there arena does not look that much bigger either. It says
2: 2500, 2549.
0: Uh, honestly, if you if you, if you guys uh, wanted to be that 12th team, uh, I think that one of the best things you could do is uh, try to uh, start up a ri- start up a little nice uh, nearby rivalry with uh, UMass Wall they a uh, little stop drive up, stop drive up. Uh, 90, yeah, ninety five, so ninety five, a little bit near four ninety five, and <laughs> you're right on four
2: ninety five onto the low Connector. That too. <laughs> it's literally everything is. All, all those teams are literally right there.
0: That I mean, yeah, very yeah. simply. So it's what I'm saying is probably not a whole lot, but
2: <laughs> yeah. But besides what I think UVM might be the furthest team away, even with it, Maine. It
0: def- it definitely, it definitely is like. All, like all, all the Boston schools, like do like home and homes, like all the Boston schools and like Providence, they all do home and homes. But yeah, so you'll have
2: Providence. Not us.
0: Like it's two, it's two games, two games, two nights, same place, because you yeah, know, yeah, that's like, why that ND was also because I mean you guys are making a trip her, yeah. all the
2: way out to South Bend as Hockey East.
0: Oh yeah, that. Oh yeah, that. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah, you know what I'm going to so say. Is
2: why it made sense for us to move over to.
0: The big ten that is uh that's a lot of those that's a lot of costs so and
1: i'll tell you a team that had another even more costs the uh travel trips of arizona state's hockey team mm-hmm. that ASU, cannot forget exactly sun devils were wilding out probably the best devils in hockey this huh. entire decade <laughs> if we're going to be honest with ourselves i mean i i can't I'd have to agree you with you on that couldn't even begin to think of a better one. But yeah, they, they had
2: the tournament this year again.
1: Exactly. They were very much in the thick of things just for the the tournament to get canceled. Like when you put up twenty two wins and it was all against like really solid teams, they played an insanely good I mean they swept Winnipeg at nine at a number like ranked number nine and I mean Winnipeg's like mediocre school, so no, no lost there. No, but, yeah, they no, won in time. Outside, Sa- outside,
0: outside of our boy Sam Maness. But I would agree with you.
1: Sorry, right, yeah. But, yeah, they, they basically did their, like, they went out. I mean, there was a stretch, I think, that they had uh seven games in a row, one on the road, or six games in a row on the road, that they were just, like, really dominating. And... Yeah, it's 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 a shame that the season ended because this looked like they could really have made some uh, major headway. And if they're eventually going to wind up joining a, uh, I feel like they're going to wind up having to join uh conference out west. And I could see them joining something in the area of like that, uh, like closer to Denver and yeah, closer to something out there because it looks like beat they beat that KHL team too. Yeah. Um, I think which one. Uh, the Chinese a couple team. Of them. The, uh, yeah, uh, Beijing. Beat, like, the
2: actual Chinese team, like, the, the one that's in China. The Beijing team. Oh, no,
1: the, uh, yeah, uh, Red Star. Did yeah, they, the they like, Red beat Star.
2: them? I'm pretty sure yeah. they beat them, like, once or
1: twice, too. Twice, yeah. They beat them, uh, like, in the summer, both times in, in August, where it was, uh, against, uh, the Kunlun Red Star. Then they beat, um, or they lost in overtime against, uh, One of the teams from the VHL, they beat the other two VHL teams, including Beijing, which is one of their top ones, and then went right in the championship against the Kunlun Red Star for the uh, Fujing Cup and won it. Like, they, yeah, they've basically put together an insane, solid program. And even, uh, I'm pretty, like, Austin Matthews has said, like, he really wishes that they were this way because they would have been, like, really fun to play on because. Yeah, it would have been awesome to see if they could have gotten local legend Austin, Austin Matthews right out of uh, right out of like um, high weird. school instead of yeah instead of going out overseas and obviously he trained overseas really well. But yeah, if th- that's one thing that if we can like have more Southern schools start uh, developing their hockey programs, we get more kids growing up and like playing down there will really establish uh, you know, a hockey. I'm a
2: torn on that, though, because you don't want to have these big powerhouse schools start taking these kids and then taking down all these small schools that have been hockey schools forever, like these Niagara's and Canisius. You don't want, like, the the Georgias and the Clemson's to, that are big power five football conferences to now start taking these kids for hockey. You know what I mean?
1: I can see that, but at the same time, look at, like, uh, look at basketball. There are a lot of those schools, Villanova and uh, – like that's a prime example of a basketball school that they've established themselves as a powerhouse there. They don't have that. I mean, they're FCS in football, so it's not like they're competing on that level. So, I mean, yeah, you're going to have some teams, obviously, like I can't see Georgia or uh, Florida, like the SEC schools and the ACC schools down South jumping right out of the gate. Cause it took Arizona state some time. It took, uh Penn State I think like four years to get to be like ranked and yeah it's going to take some time for them but in the same meantime, a, State, yeah exactly it'll take them some time to get established and when it does like in that same time frame the uh small schools that are like the established hockey uh stalwarts even like union um in upstate New York they obviously won I think they won it all in 2014 yes with right. uh Ghosts it was 2014. Right. Okay, yeah. I thought it was 2015, but yeah, no, was 2015
2: won- was the um that was the BU game when um.
0: Yes, with Providence. Yeah.
2: Yeah, when uh, the puck got lost. to uh, I forgot what like a oh, forgetting blanking up the, the name,
1: name now. Was. Yeah. Oh, so the, the one that went to uh Ottawa, right? i have to look only... it up now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: but, was, but yeah, yeah, no got BU got Jack it, Eichel's yeah. team. So.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it's one of those things that, yeah, I could see, I mean, I definitely understand what you're saying. Like it, you want to have the small schools still get recognition, but the same way in uh college basketball, small schools always like the perennial uh, favorites or whatever. Um, they're always going to be there. Like the Georgetown, the uh, Villanova's, those sorts of schools that are like forever, the blue bloods basically and all those other ones. But you still want to have the ability for, like, the big schools down there to say, hey, we want to build a school, like, build a team, get our local area energized and engaged in college hockey. And who knows? Maybe if Georgia becomes really good and the fans start to, like, really enjoy hockey, somehow, some way Atlanta can get – finally get another chance at redemption. I mean, it's a long stretch.
0: Or actually have stable ownership that actually cares about the team.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because twice they've been burned by their own owners, and also like just bad misfortune of Heatley just going on a joyride and other sorts of random and then garbage. trading
0: yeah and then trading Kovalchuk for like what turned out to be next to nothing. So.
1: Yeah, nail in the coffin basically.
0: Or it's like, or it's like, or it's like a trade like that is like even one of those things that's like, yeah, maybe. You like ship him off because you don't think he's gonna like be there sustainably for the future. But it's like, for the city you're in, he's putting people in those seats. Like, like if this was like Toronto, like it's a whole lot easier just ship him out and whatnot. But it's like in this place like Atlanta, like your box office is kind of affected. It's kind of like take takes a dip without him. But you're also like you mentioned about
2: putting people in seats. These kids right now that are coming out of the development programs that are getting the training now that they essentially not need but I can't really find the right word for it they're not realizing that maybe going to college is the best option for me i could be a one and done i could go 2 years and then be done it's better for my development i'm already in school if i need to go back i can go back easily you know it's they're starting to realize these little things and it's better for them on the longer track are they going to sign a lot quicker no cuz you got to go play as an amateur for a little while but what's the difference really between You know, as an 18-year-old, you go to the C, you got to play one year, you're getting a little bit of a stipend, or you go to the U, and the only thing that's different in the U is that you don't get a stipend. You're literally just not getting $800 a month. And that's the difference between you having amateur status and not having amateur status. Yeah. So why
0: not
2: go in there and go to like – even if you know you're a one-and-done, who would not want to go to Arizona State for one year, (laughs) live it up? <laughs> Probably not even go to class and then go straight to the show. Come on.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you could just ball out there. You can go to even one of like the Big Ten schools and all party schools. You can go there for a, like a year, like you said, and then next well, thing right you know, right that out there. <laughs> well, the main like the Big Ten schools and other sports at least. But yeah, you could just. I mean, that's the thing. Also, like, I mean, now today, the uh, news was made about the fact that college players will be able to make money off of their likeness. So that's really going to help them out. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, for 2020, 2021, or it might've been starting,
0: starting starting
1: in January. Okay. So yeah, they, now they've made that official that you can make money off your likeness. You can definitely get, if you go to one of those bigger schools or even like a smaller school that somehow signs a deal with, uh, Bauer or, um, Something you can make your money like off of marketing, and you can go from there. Like you don't have to rely on playing overseas or playing in the sea or however you want to do it. You can stay home, or even you can pull players from up north that like if they were playing in Canada and want to come down south just to like train down here because obviously training is better down here. But yeah, you could easily get a player like that or two. And even if you go undrafted out of high school and you go into uh, college, you can play that like after a couple of years sign as a uh, undrafted free agent. It's a lot easier to do it that way than it would be if you try and go from the CHL sign as an undrafted free agent.
2: You have four years to sign as an undrafted free agent if you're coming to college. And this is after your 20 year, after your third draft eligible year. After your third draft el- eligible year in the CHL, you got to pray that you get a, an overage year, approved,
1: exactly, to
2: even mm-hmm. get a UFA deal. So oh why would a kid who's on the bubble, who knows that he's on the bubble at the time, risk going to play in the C even at 16, 17? Are you that much of a hero? Are you that confident in your development, or are you going to go to a place where you, where, really, people that are on the bubble get more of a chance?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, not to mention you could also pull – if you are that confident of a player, why not bank on yourself of being that good? Play four years in college, and then you become a free agent right at age like 22, 23. You can choose where you want to go. Pull a Kevin Hayes. Pull a Jimmy Vesey. Pull a Will Butcher. You can go ahead and say, I want to go to the team that drafted me or the team that traded for me because they suck, and or I'm not going to be able to play there. You know, You can say, I want to be able to control my – right like where I want to go right out like play four years dominate those for your senior year and put yourself out in the free agency market as soon as like August rolls around you're you can go wherever you want that's
2: what Matt Hellickson is going to do with the Devils um based on a couple of reports um yeah. so even though he's a seventh round pick Duke got drafted at 19 seventh rounder he now has the opportunity to say hey you know what I have the security where if I don't do well, I could still get a deal technically and try to prove myself. Or if I do well, I become a hot ticket item. I can say, screw it after my junior year. I want to go pro.
1: Yeah, you have that more flexibility of that. And that's why more players should start looking towards, towards the, uh, going down the, the route of the NHL or the uh, NCAA to the NHL or even to the AHL. If they want to continue playing and wouldn't mind making less, go that route. If they love the game so much, that's your best move. And you talk a lot about sort of
0: like, like sort of like the southern markets and like getting those teams. Uh, once that I saw today: uh, in the D.C. area youth hockey participation in the region has increased by two hundred and twenty-one percent since Alex Ovechkin was drafted in two thousand and four. I am proud to be a part of that group. I'm just saying. So. <laughs> oh no doubt. One I did. I player. totally, totally, totally jumped on that bandwagon, but it really touches it sort of touches the point how like you know like it might like it's it hasn't like happened yet but it totally could like 20 years down the road like some of like these what would be considered like not historically traditional hockey markets could like start feeling d1 teams if they have enough interest like fan interests and like are Alabama able to, like, Huntsville. bring in enough good players. Absolutely. And like exactly. Arizona Alabama, Nebraska, and Arizona state are like literally paving the way for some of these teams. Like, like now, now, now mind you, I am, I'm the farthest thing from a university of Maryland fan, but they could totally benefit from the greater, from like the, having a fan base of the greater DC area and coverage of NBC sports, Washington, and Field and field and the field D1 hockey team.
2: It would easily work out well, too. They're already in the Big Ten. The Big Ten's looking to expand. Illinois just got approved for their program a couple of months ago, if I'm not mistaken, also. So now the Big Ten has eight teams in it. Mm-hmm. Maryland comes in, they make nine. Notre Dame already has their NBC deal, so it's nothing different that Maryland doesn't have. NBC could end up taking over um, with the Big Ten network in a dual agreement.
0: They could totally like play game. They could totally play games in the uh, one of the downtown Baltimore arena- arenas that holds eleven thousand. Except I think they would obviously have. They would obviously need to like build an actual rink on their campus if they wanted like to, if they wanted like the best form of student interest and sorry have, and basically have like the base of your well, fan base in that area. If it works oh, yeah. for
2: UConn. Why wouldn't it work for Maryland?
0: Do, do they do they play all their home games in excel right yeah I'm for, yeah, right. yeah. My, Which, you guys might it's i guess they're, they're not 30 minutes mm-hmm. i mean no, they 30. probably they don't have some they don't have as much I mean, do they how many students like are able to like make their way there like that
2: i don't know i've actually
0: never been it's a lot, a lot it's probably a lot easier for a school like connecticut than the school in like maryland like it's like if you're gonna feel the, if you're gonna feel the team like ahead, you should really like try to get that rink building like put like put like no less than three thousand seats in there and sort of try to try your and sort of try your best to and yeah like try your best to like reach out to the D.C. sports crowd and whatnot. And quite frankly, like given how much of a big hockey fan I am, like. I obviously am, I've, as, as I've said before, I'm nowhere near a Maryland fan, but like I would totally root for them to succeed in that
1: regard. Like, well, another, like the best example I could think of, um, Penn State. Like, obviously, I'm not a huge Penn State fan, and that's well documented. But one thing I would say for them, they really did well. They, once they were approved to play uh, Division One for starting in 2012, 2013, they were only playing in like a, one i think one and a half uh, like one thousand five hundred seat um ice center and it was like the penn state um pavilion or something like that ice house pavilion and eventually they built uh Pegula ice arena after um the uh when i think i think terry pagula and kim pagula um They wound up uh, building that arena in their honor. Now it holds 6,000 students, or 6,000 fans. So, And they were able to hold. uh, They hosted um, an NHL preseason game, I think, uh, either it was beginning of this year or beginning of last year that they hosted it. Yeah, they could definitely pull that off. If Penn State could pull it off, Maryland is basically – it's not as big, but they have the capacity, the same way, so, like financially, to pull this off. Yeah, and uh, one point I didn't touch up
0: on is that their uh, cr- their club, their, like their club team, right now, like they play in Laurel, they play in one, they play in the uh, yeah Gardens Ice House at Laurel, which is sort of like your, av- it's kind of like your average uh, youth hockey rink, but like
1: right.
0: that's sometimes you have sometimes you have to start super small in order to get super big, and that also that also makes me think. Why isn't Syracuse d one yet? Like, you'd you, know. you'd think that. I mean, I wish we had Matt in here to discuss that, but. Well, I think it would kind of be a mixture of ACC and I guess Big East culture. Uh, uh, he, or like, I mean, because like they would they would work they would be just great in the uh, ECAC. So. Yeah. Play play against Cornell and Colgate and Clarkson and.
1: Yeah, exactly. They have that like n- niagara even, you know like uh, they're only army. they're only
0: they're only they're only 45 minutes away from colgate so yeah
1: yeah they're right in like the upstate new york area right along the line there they have and even they can go down to robert morris and uh, pa play against uh, army they can play like all the way down they they don't have to travel that far for so many teams you think that Syracuse not, not
2: and well, they also have RP, Utica right RP,
0: around RP, the corner as well. RP, and RP, RPI is not that far either. Yeah.
1: Union and all is there as well. Exactly. Yeah. They they should be. Like I don't know if they're still holding off on doing so, but I don't know. We'll see. Like if they eventually move in to the like actually wide up and move into D one.
0: And touching up my point on like on like. Like help on if like Maryland or whatever ever Division One team like, you I mentioned like the increase in youth participation in hockey in the D.C. area and, uh, and like in the last uh, UVM Providence uh, game there were like three Virginia there were three Virginia natives, in the game there were three Virginia natives playing in the game a D.C. native and then there was also a Maryland native in this two that's five now well it's not five from the D.M.V. area but it's like. Five from that sort of cut meat. that's from that sort of established area that gets that basically gets the NBC Sports Washington coverage for for the Caps and whatnot. And like the the writing, the drawing is the drawing is there, and the pieces the pieces should be able to fall
1: into place sooner rather than later. But exactly. Well, and- as I, I completely agree. And one of the things I didn't say that 1st experience, a, uh, a couple of my friends that played hockey for LVC were from the D.C. area. And, like, they said that growing up they really enjoyed going to Cavs games and stuff, and it helped get them into hockey. And as a result, it also helped – like, hockey helped them get into, like, get into school. So it's definitely something that – You'd think that schools would definitely want to use it to pull more students, better students, and be able to grow their campuses. Just next,
0: just next year, uh, we've got a third Virginia native joining the UVM team. Uh, yeah, it was a fit, yeah, FIBWA, and great, and like crazy fact, his brother and my brother were teammates in mites at Reston. So I. This hits home very well. <laughs> it is damn exciting to see.
1: They're coming <laughs> home. College hockey just going to start blasting, uh, what's it called?
0: Uh, Kalachaki coming Kalachaki. Home by P. Diddy. College hockey is just so underappreciated when you just like combine that already established like, so. passion. That established passion in, in other sports and then put it into another with another sport we love. The and then it's like, I think it is. And then it's just like, yeah, and then like when it hits with like the sport, like you grew up like loving and playing the most and dedicating your time to, and like, and especially if you sort of grew up as a kid during a time of big growth of hockey participation in your hometown area, it hits home very deeply. So. Uh, as you can see, we, as you can see, we uh, stand college hockey in here, and that brings us to uh, Andy's life lesson of
1: the week, or the norm. All right, well, while we're on the, the uh, topic of college, um, gentlemen, if I've taught you anything, it's this. There's absolutely no shame in using a global pandemic as a reason for your professor to give you an A for protection. Why are you going to use this as an excuse? There are people dying. That's correct. This is an an incredibly incredibly rough time for the the world. So for you to be able to still roll into class online and be able to participate, you're exceeding expectation. No one expected any of this to happen. So as it stands, by just participating, you're exceeding it. By just showing up and doing your work, you're exceeding anything that was ever expected of you because this is unprecedented times. You deserve that A. Go out there, demand it. Wise
0: words of wisdom, once again.
2: That one
1: hit home. Exactly.
0: Always and always. Well, loyal listeners, uh, thank you for tuning in on this uh, very fine day as uh, the month of April comes to a close and uh, some of us are finishing up school and whatnot. We just try to fight through this try to fight through these times once again. But as always, uh, thank you to those essential workers who uh, put their efforts on for us when we really need them the, need them the most. Your effort has your effort uh, been absolutely tremendous and so helpful to all of us. And we cannot thank you enough for all of that.
2: Thank you guys a lot. And um, we'll see how long I can still last with my liver.
0: I believe in you, Dan. I believe in I'm you. I'm gonna
2: up it to
1: now forty five days. I'll give you fifteen more.
2: Oh, you just gonna keep keep up with it and then
1: cheater, just add another cheater, seven.
0: Cheater, Casually cheater.
1: keeping it going. <laughs> Let's go double or nothing.
0: <laughs> Rebuttal. Have a great day everyone. Let's go.